welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we talk to students, educators, and thought leaders who are innovators and creatives in education. I'm your host, Tanya Sheckley. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. I'm here today with Felix Malcolm. Felix is the executive director and CEO of STEAM Labs Africa. He's also an ambassador to the UN for Teach SDGs. Welcome, Felix. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. It's all mine. <laughs> Thank you. So as the executive director of, of STEAM Labs Africa, can you tell me about that work and maybe give us some examples of, of what you're working on currently? Like you mentioned, my name is Felix Malombe. I'm a Kenyan. I live in Nairobi, Kenya, and the nearby uh, counties. And what uh, what we normally do at Steam Labs Africa is we have a variety of things. And maybe the first thing I would do is just talk about briefly about the history of Steam Labs Africa. I went to uh, university uh, a few years ago to do computer engineering. And when I was in school, the experience w- was that of, you know, we will being taught how to program and work with computers, but we don't have computers in the first place. And that I'm supposed to be a computer engineer in the end of the five years. And that put me in a place of wanting to know what is it that I can do about the current situation. And as I continued, I started chatting with a few of my friends. And by the time I was clearing my university, I had cleared uh, with good grades because a lot of was regurgitating of information and studying ele- analog and digital electronics, which you are not seeing at any given time. And so I thought the problem would be something to do with education and not just engineering, not because the lecturers don't like giving us what we need to, to see, but rather a concern around the way education is brought forward. And so I started now looking at what it is that is happening in the area of education. And the university I went to is known in Kenya and around East Africa as a leader in the area of technology and education and the leader in teacher training. So I said, maybe this is the area I want to pursue even as I continue doing my, edu- my engineering course. And luckily, I started having conversations with the Department of Mathematics in Education, Department of Educational Technology, And then we started now studying and having workshops with teachers. That is way back in 2013, 2014. Over time, I would graduate and then I joined one of the companies that does auditing. And this is now things to do with cash flows and stuff. And we talk about, it's called the KPMG. It's one of the big five auditing firms. But then at that point, I felt, again, I was being placed in the wrong place because just because I did well in my university and my grades in high school. So again, I started saying I want to look for an opportunity in a school. And so I resigned and I joined an international school called Hillcrest International School. And that that is where I now found who I am in terms of a teacher. That now at that stage, I realized actually I need to not just talk about how technology is broken, but rather uh, how we can use technology for teaching, how can you use technology to empower children and really bring out the 21st century skills that we keep talking and mentioning about. So in the end, uh, we had a discussion with the principal and then I started my education course. I started my education course as a teacher 
And it's from there now I started understanding what curriculum development is, what Maria Montessori would say, and what everything has to do with education. From that day, I've never looked back. Two years after 20, uh, 2014, I called a friend of mine who we went to school with, and we, were, we used to have discussion around the same. And we formed Steam Labs Africa 2017. Started training teachers and everything else that I will now mention. So Steam Labs Africa is a pan-African organization that is focusing on four major areas. One, the students. And our specific area of uh, engaging students is four to 14 years. So it's, we call it the 414 window. Because we feel, uh, and we are supported by research, that if you invest in a child between the ages zero to around 14 years, then you have an opportunity to change their story. Maria, she's called, not Maria, but Federica Saliola from World Bank quotes in the study of a course we call the future of work. She says, if you invest $1 in a young child who is in zero to six years, you can reap 16 billion out of that in 16 years. And so I believe, because that's where the development is happening, that is where our goal should be focusing on. So focus number one, students between four years and 14. Of course, sometimes we extend to 18 years because of high school. Number two, uh, and that is around STEAM education, uh, things to do with uh, understanding computer science for students uh, at that age. And number two, uh, the focus is on teachers. We believe that students cannot, you know, achieve their goals if we do not empower the, the street bureaucrat. The teacher, we see them as the street bureaucrats. So we formed and we were working with organizations like CSTA in the U.S., CSTA is Computer Science Teachers Association in the U.S., and we have now launched a chapter in Kenya called the Computer Science Teachers Association Kenya. And the, what we are doing there is we want to call more teachers to come and teach computer science, not just coding, but we see coding as the beginning place. Um, and so we train teachers on things to do with technology and education, and also now computer science in education, and finally on STEAM education. How do we bring about project-based learning in the classroom. Now, the other thing, the other area we're focusing on is digital citizenship. And this one works with uh, the parents. So the parents come to me and say, my child is really into Minecraft. What can I do? And I say, mm, you are lucky. You are lucky you have a child who is deep in Minecraft. Maybe we need to look at what it is that you can do with that. And we tell them now, a child is not addicted to the internet. They are not addicted to the, to the game. They are addicted to their friends whom they meet online virtually. And COVID-19, uh, COVID-19 has vindicated us that they are connected to their children, uh, to their friends. It's just that they find them virtually and it's an awesome experience. So we now look at how can we support digital uh, literacy, uh, not literacy, but uh, citizenship and how can we empower young people to make decisions on their own within, uh, you know, the internet space. So that is students, parents, and teachers. Uh, apart from that, we now are starting to stretch, and that's actually where we started with communities. So we have adopted schools that we are coaching on computer science, on STEAM education. We've adopted schools that uh, we support, and some of them do not have laptops. Sometimes you have to go with one iPad, and we are using a microbit. You might have had a microbit. And we are using an Arduino, and we're just connecting it to that tablet and it's working magically because they can see LEDs going on and that is where we want to spark interest. We actually say our duty is to ignite young minds sparking creativity and passion 
in our theme or in our motto. Then after communities now, we are now being approached by organizations that are corporate. And this is because we recently, we earned the credibility from Microsoft. So Microsoft has titled us as a global training partner. So we train teachers, we train corporate organizations on how to use Office 365. And how, because now we are doing that with teachers on technology integration, teaching, learning, and assessment. So now we are now a Microsoft Global Training Partner uh, to train uh, corporate organizations. And that way we can actually generate some revenue to support our work. So basically those are the four to five uh, areas that we are spread in. It sounds like you're doing a lot, working with students, training teachers, working with Microsoft, building communities, and then that piece of digital citizenship as well with students. And before I go too much farther, I want to apologize for saying your name completely wrong. I'm usually very good about asking pronunciations. And for some reason, I thought that yours was spelled easily enough, but it's Malumbe, correct? Felix Malumbe. So my apologies. Can you share one of your favorite STEAM projects? You, you gave me a little vision of what's happening in the schoolroom with schools that may or may not have computers and hooking up Adrenos and hooking up microbits and getting the students to see the lights and understand the connections. But what are some of your favorite things that you work with with students? Um, first of all, even before I share my screen, for me, the greatest asset that I have in my classroom is not the technology, it's the student. I see students as the person, you know, when you talk about innovation, I see them as the people who need to be innovative. And so from simple projects like a scratch game to extend extended projects where they are now doing things to do with, uh, you know, uh, microbeat, things they are working on uh, with things to do with uh, mobile app development. All those things are things that I have I've always enjoyed looking at my students build such projects. And so at the moment, I'm going to just share with you one of the projects that my students were doing recently, and it's around mobile app development. They were making an app that can help people who are struggling if they go to a city where they don't speak the right language. And so they were using something we call the Tangabo. So Tangabo is a drag and drop uh, platform that students use to develop, to program apps. So um, what normally happens is that they look at the design and design is a big thing because one of the other things, approaches that we use is called design thinking. And so design thinking helps us to address the user, but also focus on the looks uh, of a specific project uh, in the aim of ensuring that we meet the need of that specific person. In the video that gave us inspiration, a lady was in Germany and then they were struggling with how they can actually communicate with the people there. So they wanted something that is going to give them an opportunity to, you know, translate the way they do things. Uh, they wanted a, a platform that uh, is going to read where they are going and tell them what exactly they are doing at any given time. So they, we said now we can come up with a project that's going to be geared towards helping that specific person. And so we chose Tangabo as our preferred platform to be able to really bring this to fore. So my students worked together and they were able to build different projects called the Speech Recognizer app. So they used Tangabo. Uh, we have used another platform called uh, MIT App Inventor, which they used to design mobile apps also to help come up with projects around the same concerns. Our motivation is driven from the sustainable development goals. So we identify needs from that. 
And then we are able to pick up projects from that as in line of inspiration. Okay, so here it's a simple platform that, that my students were making and the inspiration was, as I've explained, a student in Germany who has got a scholarship is struggling to read the directions. So they want something that uh, they can even uh, indicate or they can speak to or even as mentioned the statements. And then the word will appear on the green screen that you can see here. And on the pink one, the expression will be explained in English. Or maybe they can take a photo and then it's actually be able, it's able, they are able to do that. So what they would do, they used to have a mobile app, or maybe sometimes they used, used to have an iPad, and then they would go to the platform to preview. And then once they click to translate, it was able to pick the project. I think here there is an error here, it's saying undefined. But it's okay. okay, speaking from my language, if I speak, then it picks, and then you can see the language here is Chinese. Of course, they played around with the project, of course, uh, and you know, there are different students picking different projects. So if I say a word like uh, hello, it should be able to translate. And then we were able to program the platform, and then the students were able to build that project specific mobile app, which they can uh, download on their gadgets. So they can download and publish the project on iOS, Android, or even as a web app where they can actually share with people who are using their gadgets. When you look at their program, they use simple code, but you can see they are saying when you click the button, it should be able to do certain things, it should be able to listen, or it should be able to prompt the speech recognizer to listen, and from there, the language should be shown on the screen, and from there, the text which is on the screen can be translated to the language of choice. And so that is the simple design they did. And this is one, th one of the things that I'm looking at for my students who are in class six or year six going up and so forth. So once you get the project from here, now you transfer it to there. Uh, uh, you can share, with, I can even share with you, I can publish it on iOS or an Android gadget. And then someone who is struggling in Europe can actually have an easy way of moving around and doing their business as it were. Wow. And they're doing this. Was it a drag and drop like block type programming? I saw it on the screen and it looked. Yeah, yes, it's block and uh, drag and drop. But also mm -hmm. they, they use this, then they are able now to move to uh, Tangabo, uh, not Tangabo, to MIT App Inventor, which is another a higher level of this. And then from there, now we go to App Lab, which is a code.org. You might have known of code.org from uh, the team that does Hour of Code. So we move from there, then we use JavaScript. So that is the one that we, are, we were doing. And now next time we are going to be using AppLab as our guide to now build real life projects using the text-based programming for year six. So that is one of the projects that we have done. Amazing. I'm gonna ask, I know you had a really great perspective talking about how it's not, not about the technology and not about the projects, but it's about the students. And so, I'm going to guess that you find a high level of engagement and that students are pretty excited about working with the programming and, and being a part of, of the Steam Labs projects. Yeah, I love my students. One of the things that we are doing, I can even show you a class who are students who are mixed now, mixed ages, whom I was working with for a project. Uh, we were just learning about Python because we want to go the artificial intelligence. This class is mixed from students who are in year eight, year seven, year six. And we were celebrating in December, looking at how the, we can work together. So the, our students were able to now work together to really, you know, complete a Python program 
uh, this, this is a mixed age, so from year four all the way to year eight, and the students were able to complete uh, a whole project, Python class of 2020. They were working on different projects and then they finished the class and now they are now moving on to understanding how machine learning works using Python and also using Scratch so that they can actually build their understanding of the world they're living in so that they can actually be able to, to, to do the right thing. We normally ask ourselves in the AI class, we ask ourselves, AI is changing the world, but who will shape that AI? Who will shape? It is not the machine that are going to shape themselves. It, it is us, the people who are creative, that are going to be able to bring that uh, to fore. And many other things that we are doing with my kids. Just to mention something, um, there is an organization called Africa Code Week. Uh, Africa Code Week encourages young people to learn to code using Scratch. And so we, we work with them sometimes to train teachers. And so recently, students from STEAM Labs, and I can show you the one at the corner here, uh, I don't know if you can see my mouse, the one next to the lady saying school something, uh, called the master of Kahoot, because sometimes we integrate play-based learning. So we use Kahoot. So the master of Kahoot is the one who led the Kenyan team delegation to go and compete for the Pan-African competition. And so he appeared to be number five in Africa, but now he was number one in Kenya. Then there was another one called Austin also, which was also part of this class, but this day he missed during the graduation because he was not feeling well. So those two students coming from Steam Labs Africa were able to do very well when placed in the continent and also in, within the country. That is something I'm proud of because I can see the students making an impact, not just for me, but even for the world they are living in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's it's one thing I, I recently read that it the world is going to be shaped by two types of people, and it's either the people that know how to code and the people that don't know how to code that need to learn how to influence the people that know how to code. <laughs> um, as we do move into the future of, you know, artificial intelligence and what, what that looks like and more machine learning and more machines doing more of our work for us. And you mentioned a little bit about the ethics of AI and how we're, how we're programming these things to, to be good and to do the things that, that we want them to do. Do you have, is there any sort of kind of character trait or ethical curriculum that's built into what you do with Steam Labs alongside the technology? So one of the things, and maybe I can share about our curriculum and some of the course that we're offering. One of the things that we are very particular when it comes to, you know, we are living in a in our continent. Our content is known for, I should say, notoriety or something like that. Um, we are known for leaders who, who stay in power for long. It's about character and leadership. So what we have done is that as a team, we came together and we have a member in our team who is, who is focused on leadership specifically and character development. So he's also a, a member of the Teachers DGs team that for the UN goals. And so what he has done is now written books around leadership and character. And it's that, that is the basis upon which we build our technology training on. Because if we do not provide character development, then we're going to develop people who know how to use questions like E is equal to MC squared to really uh, blow out buildings and kill people using bomb and terrorism and stuff. So we are saying, what is it that we can do to do that? And so 
in our courses, we have embedded leadership as a as a major role, and we can see the quality of leaders we have to go today depends on the investment we make in the leadership training today. And so if you look down, you see now we have a, a curriculum that is focused on sustainable development in the jungle. Uh, Africa is very known with the storytelling and all that. And uh, Chamada will tell you, Chaman Gozi and Diche, you will tell you that uh, there is the danger of one story. So sometimes we try to use storytelling as a way to teach leadership. And so you can see we have made sense as sustainable development goals uh, as a thing we can play around with so that we can get to understand. But also reading about books like these ones on uh, leadership of the king and the leadership leadership alphabet for you your children who are three going up so we have such books like that and then uh, Mr. Mwangi Mushiri who is in our team helping us a lot with anything that we do to train children around character development and so STEAM Labs is very uh, very strategic and very intentional on the kind of people we are developing in terms of leadership because we think a value, it's actually around values so we say this book, uh, these books we are looking at explore the concept of value added, uh, concept of value added, which presents a case for the industrialization of developing countries so as to achieve food security and higher levels of economic growth. So the thing that we're targeting on. We also are looking at the impact of digital literacy and e-commerce and such like things. You can see now technology, leadership and character is something that we really are focusing on. Yeah, I, I want to look up and read read your kids' leadership books now. That's <laughs> it's great. Um, so I, I run a, a small elementary school in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we're really focused on project-based learning. We do a lot of programming and coding with the kids and STEAM activities as well. But one of the questions that I love to ask others is about their own elementary school memories. So if you think back to elementary school, is there a project or a person or a teacher or something that you remember that really made an impact on your life? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. First of all, I like to remember or to mention that throughout my academic life, I've enjoyed learning and I was one of the students that would say, like, now I have students who disturb teachers, the stubborn ones. And most of the times I would be the one who is asking a question when everyone else wants to go for lunch. <laughs> and, or sometimes I'm the one who is asking too many questions, uh, asking the teacher, even before he starts talking, what are we learning today? <laughs> uh, over time, I've learned that uh, being a teacher is a gift. And for me, it is the thing at this moment. So when I remember my first days in school, one, one, one of the things that I remember very well is that uh, my mom wanted me to go to school. And, you know, we used to walk to school. So the first few days, the first one week, I was taken to school. But then my mom would leave me, I would cry, and then I would settle down. Uh, because I, I used to fear the people in class. I used to get shy. And then... I was now given the opportunity to, you know, uh, to go to take myself to school. And that is the day that, uh, that is the day now I've got to understand I need to make a decision. And you know, I mean, this is 1993. Um, I'm a small kid. I'm a small baby. What I did is I went, um, and, um, there was a small, a big rock which was lying around. So I went, uh, behind it and I hid myself there until it was 12 noon. 
<laughs> and then I could not, I, could, I did not go to school that day. Then uh, my mom was called, uh, was found by because the teachers were from the uh, from the uh, the religion. They would talk to my mom, and I was told that I need to go to school, and the following week I would be taken to school. And then the teacher uh, assured me one of the things that I loved in the school that time is that uh, when I went to the school, the teachers would keep assuring us, but I could not get that assurance that I'm really assured. But one day, one of the teachers called Grace called me, and she sat next to me in my desk, me next to my desk, because it were tiny desks, but she fit in that desk and she talked to me and told me, I don't need to fear school. I don't need to fear the friends. The friends are actually good people. We can even go to play together and she can join us even to train us how to play football. And I was a kid, I was very tiny. And then she joined us after during the break, she was there and I was the goalkeeper. And she assured me that I should be I'm the best goalkeeper she has ever seen. And she would come and pass the ball to me so that I just catch it. And from that time, I've never looked back because that teacher assured me that school is the best place. Now, that's what I'm doing because I also now support children as like more of a class teacher or more of a uh, like a principal even because I work a lot with kids. So I assured them. It's assurance that I have found in school that works for children. And then the other thing is about relationship. I learned also that uh, you don't learn from someone you don't like. You only learn from someone who, who connects with you. So that teacher, Grace, even today, I go around to see how she is. And I every time the memory comes back to me that you sat next to me on a small desk. <laughs> I've tried to do it. I can't do what she did to me. And then she assured me she played football with me. A lady, you know, that time it, even, it was not even allowed to have to see ladies playing football. It was like mm -hmm. only boys play football. But then she did that with us. And then from there to today, I can actually say I have loved school. That's why I'm a teacher. What an amazing tribute to Teacher Grace. And you're right. It, it is about relationships and it's about helping our students to be better and really connecting with them and giving them the tools to to build our future world. And it sounds like you're doing an incredible, incredible work. So thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing some about Steam Labs Africa and talking with me today. I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. In fact, just to mention something, we now have been an organization called Microbit from the UK. We just got those. We just got our kids building with them. <laughs> Yeah, so they sent this to us and we are so excited to do to work with them. So I'll be going house to house to deliver these ones because now we can meet online uh, physically because the lockdown has been affected today. So I'll deliver these ones to house to house so that my children can start uh, tinkering even as you prepare for the do your beat challenge for Africa. Oh, that's great. They're going to have so much fun. Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Felix. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Educator podcast. To learn more about us, visit rebeleducator.com, where you can learn about our professional development opportunities for educators and students and see our project library. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, check out our progressive, inclusive elementary school, Up Academy, at upacademysf.com. We'd like to say a special thank you to Atmosphere, for use of their audio track, Miho. Thanks again for joining us, and we wish you well no matter where your educational journey may lead. <laughs>